When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. as I do every single week, Luke, from this chair. But I don't want to talk about myself anymore. I'm almost ready to get ready. Luke, this may be the best weekend for over 40 males since the launch of Viagra. What a time to be <laughs> old and alive in an MMA cage, right? It's, it certainly is. The old dudes are finding ways, maybe through the help of pharmaceuticals, to get things done. Uh, first things first on the video, give it a thumbs up if you're there. Hit that subscribe button. We're not too far from 70K, and I've been in this race personally before my own channel, which means I know we're not too far from 100K, so let's keep the chains moving. Uh, we appreciate everyone who hey, does Luke, that. Hey, what does happen at 100K? Because we've teased certain jokes you know you'll take your top off at 75 will we actually go tip on tip at 100k i don't know about that bro i don't know if i'm into I don't that know. i don't know yeah. but we do need to do something you're right i mean i have i don't have any ideas at the at the moment you ask but we need to offer some kind of incentive on my personal channel i have one for 200k i'm going to tell my most embarrassing story i'm going to reserve it for that one but we need to do something it doesn't have to be bad it could be something fun it could be something just a little bit different but we owe the viewers and the subscribers for that, no doubt about it. So let's okay. think about that. Uh, we're not, it's not that far away. Uh, all right, on top of that, uh, if you want to try Showtime, you certainly may. Showtime.com. You can get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, keep it. If not, go pound sand. And, of course, uh, you can get some merch. Now, it looks like this is actually some Jedi Mind Tricks merch, so it's not quite the same. But you can go to store.show.com. There's actually a morning combat button. You can see me and Brian's stupid faces on there. And you can go and get morning combat merch. High quality stuff. Recommend it, especially if you're yeah, eligible look, to even get it. It may not be uh, globally accepted or, or accessible, but it's very high quality, Luke. Okay. Cer certainly is. The, take our word for it if you live in yeah. Finland or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, so, so much for the damn Uzbeks, right? They had a good run, but that's about it, you know? It's a nice place, but not for Showtime merch. I'll just yeah. leave it at that. Uh, okay, well, we have a lot to get to, BC, so let's get to the first 
of five topics. We start, as Brian indicated, with the old man, you know, they're running the world these days. Beyonce said girls run the world. I'm not so sure, BC, because 41-year-old Glover Teixeira, I mean, I'm 41, BC, and I turned my ankle walking my dogs at Rock Creek Park yesterday, and I had to hobble back to my SUV, my family SUV with the baby seat in it, on my knees like a leper, you know, trying to atone for some kind of sins, uh, you know, that, that, that has caused God to curse me. It was an unbelievably awful sight. Well, it wasn't for Glover Teixeira. Now, he had some rough seas with Tiago Santos, but he gets the win. Third round, rear naked choke. I think five, six fight win streak at this point. Unbelievable. Okay, let's start here, BC. Should Glover Teixeira almost skip the line? ahead of Israel Adesanya and get the 205-pound title shot. Well, Luke, here's the deal. It wouldn't actually be skipping the line. Yes, he deserves a damn title shot right now. I understand uh, Dana White in the moment wanting to take advantage of all things Israel Adesanya. He does look like a future all-time great. He does look like your next truly crossover star. But hey, Dana... You can get to the John Jones fight directly without passing go. You may not need to go the Jan Blahowitz 205-pound title route right now. Uh, you know, the, the, the stars may have aligned here to open the door back up for Glover Teixeira, who has no business, Luke, at 41, remaining this good, winning five in a row, beating a, a you know, coming off a serious injury, certainly in Tiago Santos, but Maheda came there to bang Luke, and I'm certainly not referencing the uh, whatever happened in the hotel afterwards with his with his lovely UFC girlfriend. But uh, you know, shouts yeah, you to, ju- you literally just referenced it by not referencing it. But okay, shouts to the hammer on his chest, just the same. Look, Maheta coming off of those the, the serious leg injuries, he came to win that fight. He came to do it by knockout. He had two major moments, especially right off the opening minute, where you're like. He's going to, you know, good run for Glover, but, but you know, that's it. No, Glover Teixeira is just a tough-ass $2 steak or whatever Stone Cold Steve Austin would use for a comparison right there, Luke. I think he's certainly benefiting from what we're starting to hear. Those younger, active names at his gym in Danbury, Connecticut, having Alex Pereira, right, the glory champ champ, the guy who solved Adesanya back in the day, having guys like that pushing him. Here's an older fella who's just found a way to stay relevant, stay young. And Luke, he's doing it with technique and wisdom, certainly, right? And adding things to his plate and rounding out his game. But Glover Teixeira, above it all, is tough as balls. And Luke, this was a fun-ass fight with a lot at stake. And I think they both, I mean, they both left it in the cage. They both came there to win that. Both look like they could be stopped at any point. And for Glover to withstand two serious storms in round one and three, and sort of dominate the middle portion on the ground in round two and be able to go from looking like he's going to be out to flipping the tables and get that finish. Dana said it himself afterwards. Dana said it's going to be hard to stop him from getting that title shot. I really believe, Luke, that it was a good idea but to, to, to maybe move out of Sonya up right now. But everyone wants the John Jones fight. Do not pass go. Go, I mean... Go right to it, brother, okay? Glover deserves this. And Luke, Glover to share Jan Blahowitz would be a badass fight. Yeah, there's. it's a good problem to have if you're Dana because no matter what you pick, you're going to please somebody and something's going to make you happy. You either go with Adesanya versus Blahovich and you get your champ-champ fight or at least someone who could become a champ-champ if he wins and, you know, set up a John Jones fight and blah, blah, blah. We've already been over that a million times. 
Or you can give Glover Teixeira something that he's kind of earned, not kind of earned, earned, outright earned, and uh, then you'd be doing the right thing by the number one contender. I mean, he is, at a bare minimum, your clear, unequivocal number one contender. And this will be a theme in this topic and even the next one, or the one we get to Andre Orlovsky. You know, we talk a lot about Alistair Overeem. How did he manage to have such career longevity? And what he figured out was, if you want to stay in the game, you can't keep fighting the way you did when you were in your 20s and early 30s. you got to really make some adapt- adaptations. And Glover Teixeira has always been really well-rounded, but I don't know that he was using it. In fact, if you look at his other UFC win streak, where he put three or more wins together, it was over OSP, Patrick Cummings, and Rashad Evans. You know, he won two of those with punches. Now, he did have the win over St. Peru with the submission, but you look at his last uh, five fights, which is the win streak he's on here, Carl Roberson, arm triangle, Ayan Laba, rear naked choke, Krilov was a split decision win, and he had a ground and pound over Anthony Smith, but that was on the ground, and he was hunting that submission. Smith just has very good defense. And then here again, another submission. It's the most submission-friendly win streak of his entire career, including on the regional scene. And what he figured out was he can strike with these guys. It's not that he can't, but at 41, you probably can't take punishment the same way, but you are still pretty strong. You're in a small cage in certain circumstances. You have a fantastic ground game. I mean, Glover Teixeira isn't just good at wrestling. He is, but he has great passing. He has phenomenal balance on top. He has dedicated ground and pound. He's got good energy output. I mean, it just makes all the sense in the world. And we've seen in MMA recently, it's going heavily towards striking. And people are getting very good on the defensive end of things, but they don't really have a well-rounded game. And if they get tired at all, they're just not the same kind of competitor anymore, either off their back or whatever the case may be. And Teixeira has figured that out. You credit to Glover Teixeira at 41 years of age, actually a little bit before this because the win streak goes back to 2019, so let's just say 40-ish realizing I've got to do things differently, changing it up, and look at the results right here. Getting phenomenal wins over clear top competitors, earning a title shot. You can't take it from them. They still might, but they shouldn't. Uh, I just have so many nice things to say about a guy. I mean, how many people get title shots you know, in their mid-30s and then you know, five, six years later? I mean, he fought uh, uh, John Jones in what, 2013? When was that? I'm trying to even figure that out. Yeah. 2014, six years later, BC, six years later, he's back to getting to number one contender status. Almost unheard of. And, you know, I used to think of him as really just a slugger, a headhunter, a tough guy with good takedown defense, but a guy who, if you know, if he didn't catch John Jones with the big one at the super elite level, he wasn't going to get over the top. So, Luke, to really round out that skill set. And, you know, I don't want to just say it as simply as I did earlier. He's tough as balls. But think about this, Luke. He had a a still-looking prime Maheta. It's Iago Santos who came in there to knock him the hell out and really put some punches together in such a fluid fashion. It's really Glover's ability, not just to endure that at this age, which which says a lot for his chin and his toughness, but Luke, to, to, to be calm in that storm. So many guys, right? They either try to counter big in those moments uh, to try to get back in the fight and get themselves stopped or whatever. I mean, he stayed so calm to be able to defend, 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 and then wait. And in both times when he flipped the tables on Maheta, he got into full mount. I mean, this was really a masterful performance top to bottom. Luke, it's not like, again, you know, he caught him with one punch. And you're like, well, the power's still there. 
I'm, I, I don't really believe what I'm seeing right now. I cannot believe he is not only still this good, Luke, but the key part is I think he's a better fighter now than he was when he was much more reliant on his power some six years ago when he made that first run of the title. Well, one small note here. If you actually look at his losses in the UFC, none of those folks are there anymore. So these are the only losses he has in a long and decorated campaign at 205 pounds. John Jones, go to heavyweight. Phil Davis, Bellator. Anthony Johnson is back, but not really relevant at the moment, right? Uh, Gustafson at heavyweight, you know, not, not really competing a lot heavyweight anymore. Corey Anderson, Bellator. So, like, all of the roadblocks that were there before, and I'm not saying he couldn't beat Gustafson with a rematch or who knows. Corey Anderson's his last loss, so it's hard to know exactly about that one. But, you know, he could maybe get a couple of these back, but they're not there anymore. And so now you have the people who beat you aren't really there anymore. We'll see about Rumble. And you've decided to, like, leverage your strengths when a sport's going this way, bringing back that old black belt, bringing back that wrestling and that heavy ground and pound. You know, and for folks who may not realize, there's a lot of times he was, like, passing on Tiago Santos to side or to mount. And Tiago Santos did a pretty good job of recapturing half guard. But when you're as big as Tiago Santos and you have to leverage your hips and, like, roll over that way, and if gravity feels like it's pulling on the back of you, you can't even raise your arms up, it's so heavy... It's just an exhausting process. So, yeah, like, did he finish him off in the second round? Got pretty close, but not enough time. But by the third round, even though he got hit, once it hit the ground, BC, I mean, it was over fast. You just and can't how about that choke? Deal Luke. with it. I mean, it's a rear naked choke. It's not like it's some novel, you know, Vlon flu player, uh, Jethro Tull choke. But the fact that he had his elbows on Maheta's back of his shoulders so that when he did deliver the rear naked, that was sort of the least amount of leverage I've ever seen somebody have to try to get out of it, right? I mean, Maheta was toast the second that thing was in. He was completely pinned down in his chest. Just the, the using the weight balance and the technique there, I mean, the old, guy, the old guy's got it, man. Wow. Yeah, and, and, both, and both times. I believe he fired it with the right hand on the blind side. He had the hand working this way in front of Maheta's face, and then this one would snake past it when he didn't have a chance to look so he could snatch it up and lock it in pretty quickly. He just, dude, Glover's like a legit black belt. I mean, how many guys at 205 pounds, some have good ground games. I mean, what was John Jones, a white or a blue belt when he submitted Vitor Belfort? The belt itself doesn't necessarily signify how good you are, but like Glover has like real deal ground skills especially for mma when he's got that heavy ground and pound because he's a good striker too man he's a force to be reckoned with so bc let's figure this out if they give the title shot to adesanya what does glover do here i mean it's like what do you reward him with a returning anthony rubble johnson and do a, a a legit number one you know contender fight I mean, that, that's a hell of a reward right there. Uh, I don't know, Luke, and I wanted to get your take on if you are Dana White and company and you're sitting down in that war room with the chalkboards and all the rankings all around and, and you know, and you're next door to his office, which has that weird uh, machine gun. Is it art? Are we art? Is art art with the drugs in it and the condoms and all the weird stuff? What the hell is Dana doing? And, like, that naked photo there and Robbie Barstool in the corner and some, like, ro- red hot chili peppers uh, bases fly- signed by Flea. It's like, can we make fights here, bro? Uh, let's say it's time to make fights. What is the advantage right now in keeping Adesanya and Blahowitz together? Tell me, Luke. Because, like, if it's to if it's to make Izzy, to give Izzy the chance to have his star not double but go huge by becoming a champ champ, that's one thing. But tell me if I'm wrong. Even a non-title fight against John Jones could double and triple and quadruple the star power. It could, but it's just like, I just, 
you know, are they going to put it on there with just Izzy's belt as like some kind of background noise at 205 pounds? Maybe. I mean, the fight against Jones makes more sense from a how do you make every piece of the puzzle work? What's best for the division? What's best for these two? Blah, blah, blah. It makes much more sense. But when you think about stakes and you think about history, it's like you beat John for what? Just to beat John? I mean, we both know that that actually is the only thing that really matters. The title is not the thing that does. But I don't know. I, don't, I just don't see UFC going the way of no accoutrement to this belt. We're just going to, or this, this fight, we're just going to do it beltless. Well, Maybe. I think it, it gives them an out from this standpoint. If John Jones beats Izzy in a 205 fight for no title, it's a super fight. You just go, okay, he tried to dare to be great. He lost. Hey, go back down to middleweight and fight Whitaker, right? Whereas if you do it for the belt and he loses, maybe there's a little bit more. Can Izzy be a legit 205er in there? You know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's all, uh, here, you know. Here's what I think they're going to do. They might make, I don't, I don't uh, I don't think it's official. They were talking about Prohodchka, I think, versus Rakic, which is a hell of a fight. Oh, but they God, may yeah. switch things up, and what they may do is give Glover a fight against somebody next. I'm not sure who. Maybe Rakic, and make it for an interim belt. I think that's what they may do, and then just keep Izzy up there. That way, Glover gets a chance to fight for some hardware, whatever the value in that. But there's something to be said for it, I suppose. Uh, okay. Topic number two. Here's another old dude out here getting it done. He had nearly 20 losses, but he's got 30 wins just the same. Andre Arlovsky wins in the co-main event over Tanner Bosser. And the funny part about him is you can look at a bunch of his recent losses and be like, you know what? If the judges saw that just a little bit differently, he could have won all of those, BC. So what can we say about the career of Andre Arlovsky, Brian Campbell, given that he keeps winning and does so over rising prospects and contenders. In this particular case, Tanner Bosser on Saturday. All right. I want to do this in a matter that still praises Arlovsky because that's my goal here, Luke. Okay. This was very impressive at his age, considering how many times we've written him off where again, I wrote him off. I said, man, Andre Arlovsky's in the damn co-main event in 2020. What are we doing here? I've said that so many times, Luke. Okay. So, so I'll take the L on that. But there is a big difference comparing old guys to what uh, to what Glover did on Saturday night, you know, beating a, a legit title contender, number one guy, and maybe, a, you know, getting a title shot. And Arlovsky staying relevant as a tough gatekeeping out. I don't want to take anything away from his longevity here. He's had like 34 UFC fights. He's four away, four wins away from breaking the UFC wins record. Look, when he was world champion, it was like, four generations ago in terms of the evolution of UFC. So I want to give him that credit. But I think the this win was a little bit more of a referendum that Tanner Bozer is a fun fighter with potential for the future, but doesn't have it yet from a technical level. Because what Arlovsky was able to do was just slow down this fight, make Tanner have to think, not give him too many clean targets, and then land effective hard strikes to dissuade him. Again, I'm not saying that's easy for a guy that we've written off who we think have chin issues, who's old, but Arlovsky is successfully plateauing at a level that he's been at for a long time. I think the key part of this is that he's just staying at that level, meaning if you're elite, you're going to knock Arlovsky out. If you're pretty damn good, you're going to be in a close fight that's going to go to the scorecards, and you're going to have to beat him to win. But if you are not, he can surprise you like this, and I'm going to give respect to that. But for me, this fight was more about who Tanner Bozer isn't than who Orlovsky still is. It is impressive. He never stopped trying to get better. He believes in himself. There's a lot of good stuff going here for Orlovsky to be able to bounce back from some pretty damn, um, you know, 
demonstrative knockout losses and like you said almost upset other people and be in it he's always in it Luke but I don't think he's got a ceiling to go over so I want to give him that love and respect but this was us realizing that Tanner Bozer you can do that against a certain level of guy but when you step up to where guys have the technique and the wisdom and the game plan he wasn't on that level in this one I mean, I, I don't disagree with too much of that. I just feel like for me, I, there's one guy I've been wrong about more than anyone, and it's Andre. I thought he was donezo when he was fighting a World Series of Fighting, and Anthony Rumble Johnson was dislodging his teeth. And I was like, oh, he's totally done. I even said so well, publicly. Like, really dislodging his teeth? That was a gross fight between two guys who didn't have full-round stamina. Be honest, Luke. That was a gross yeah, fight. Yeah, I mean, I'm not – listen, I'm not, I, how, you know – representative that was of them or the organization or the time. I mean, there's lots of things you could look at. I'm just pointing out this. You're right. I'm not suggesting to you that Arlovsky is the next heavyweight title contender. I don't think that that is really accurate. In fact, while he does have three wins in his last four fights, the one loss he has was a very quick one to Jairzinho Rosenstrike. I mean, when he steps up against those guys or the Francis's or whoever, the show closes pretty quickly. However, it would not be fair to Arlovsky to not argue something that we kind of just argued for Glover Teixeira, which is Glover has been able to reinvent himself or at least you know retool his skill set and maintain number one contender status, maybe even, who knows, become champion. I don't think that's in the cards for Andre, but to be this senior in his career and to realize if I slow the fight down and I take my time with everything, I can compete against most of these guys. That is true. You know, he used to have a bit more, I mean, not that he was reckless, but he had a bit more of a sort of an open exchanging style. He has dialed that back, and it makes him a little bit, actually a lot less exciting, but it makes him a lot harder to beat. You can see these young guys who are still in that stage of their career, they encounter this old wily vet like Arlovsky, and they don't really know how to handle it, and he often ends up beating them. The Felipe Linz fight was like that. The Tanner Bosser fight, just like that. I mean, it was a close fight, too. You could have called it maybe for Tanner, but I'm just pointing out, like, when a guy has this kind of longevity and that many setbacks and finds just the right nook and cranny to sort of settle into to make him competitive and deserve a spot on the roster and maybe even main card placements and, you know, even more than that, depending on how things go, you should acknowledge it. And for somebody like me who's been wrong and thought he was done year, literally years ago, it is kind of amazing to see I mean, the lesson for me in Arlovsky is you, you got to be very careful when you say somebody is done or should be done because you bury them too quickly and it will come back to bite you. And no one has come back to show me how more wrong I was than this particular fighter. So I find a lot of importance in how uh, careful he fights. It's not, it's not appointment viewing per se, but it is very, very crafty what he's pulling off. And I don't see it yeah. ending, frankly, BC, anytime soon. Well, it's, it's impressive that he's figured out a few intangibles and he's really worked on them, like defense, right? Like, again, a Rosenstruck's going to find your chin early. It's going to be over. But, you know, against the, the B-level and down heavyweights, I mean, his defense comparative to what they have, his technique, his game planning, he's been able to up those. The problem is, Luke, that he was a lead at a certain point at such an early time, and then he fell off. And I don't believe he ever got close to that. He lived off the name for a long time. We were ready for him to fade away. And the credit to him was that he never faded away. The credit to him was that he plateaued and found a way to, to linger and, 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 and work hard and stay there. 
It's just that um, it, it's been a long time since he had the, the frosted tips and he was on Bully Beatdown and he was considered a world elite. I mean, look, his original UFC run since coming back from World Series, he had a nice little string there where he was a surprise potential contender and then he leveled out. But what do you think happened when you look back, Luke? Was it injuries? Was it that the game evolved and it took him a long time to evolve with it? And now he's still standing when other people have fallen away and credit to him. I mean, but he did go from elite to just a name in a, in a fairly quick time period where, where that's why we were ready to, to write him off. Yeah, I mean, he took a bunch of bad losses in a row, right? So there's this one period where he was getting viciously KO'd basically over and over and over again. Uh, he has a couple of those, right? So in Strike Force, I remember he lost against Fedor, Brett Rogers, Silva, and Sergey Karatanov. All of those were uh, punt losses via punch. And then he had the Miocic, Overeem, Barnett, Francis, and Marcin Tybura. And I thought, okay, you know, you had two wins, uh, two losing streaks of four fights or more in your career. That's it. But then he won two right after that, and then lost two, and then had the no contest against Walt Harris, and then lost to Sakai. So another three-fight losing streak. And now he's won three of his last four since then, beating Ben, Felipe Linz, and Tanner Boster, losing to Jairzinho Rosenstrike. It is, if you don't show up, if you're not a super high-quality uh, heavyweight, uh, you're just a sort of a rising prospect, whatever, and you don't show up with the right game plan against this guy, yes. you are very easy to lose one. You, you have to be kind of careful with him. And that's not like saying the highest praise in the world, but it is, to me, frankly, kind of interesting that Arlovsky has figured this out, and I want to make sure we say it. That's pretty smart of him to do, and his winning is not an accident. Yeah, look, you don't come. I mean, it's so rare that people come back from four and five fight losing streaks in which there's heavy knockouts built in there. I'll give him that. Uh, what do you like? Uh, what do you like this, Luke? You ready? Him against Greg Hardy. I like it. I like it. Greg Hardy has been moderately impressive against dudes who I don't mostly find impressive so how would he do against a guy who's got very careful defense that's actually a pretty big test for Greg Hardy honestly. I know I, like I might favor Arlovsky on paper to slow that fight down get yep. through a first round exactly. and, and try to stretch him yeah uh, it could be interesting so pay, pay attention to the career of Andre Arlovsky you don't do your homework on the guy he'll take a W from you it's pretty pretty hey. pretty remarkable hey big big brown found that out bro all right uh, right. You know what? He, he you always find ways to dig in subtle shots against Brendan, and I'm not no, sure. No, why. He's no, he's no, he's a friend of the pro. He's part of the company, part of the team, Luke. Home team here. Uh, all right. I know that. Question is, do you know that? All right. Last I thing. I mean, on my, this. you know, look at the career he's had on podcasts and comedy shows. I mean, that guy's turned this thing around, Luke. Shout out to him. All right. All right. So point number three here. Let's end on the UFC card. There were other standout performers, BC. Lots of names you could pick from. Give me another name on this card from Saturday that stood out to you and why I want to actually kind of give you a couple here. This main card, look again, this was one of those cards that you're like, okay, I like a few names and fights on here, but it's a, it's a stay busy. Love the main event. We'll see what happens. I was like thoroughly entertained watching this card, especially the main card. Luke, the, the number one name that deserves mention. And please tell me how to pronounce it. The, the, the amazing Chinese women strawweight who defeated Claudia. Can you just say the name so I can not butcher it? I don't know either. Just say Yan. Yan Jalin, right? Yan Jalin. That's correct, like that. right? Something like Luke, that. Luke, she is mega impressive. I mean, are you kidding me? 13 and 1 now, unbeaten in the UFC, 6 and 0. Oh, and look at the names now when you're talking about her last three Angela Hill, Carolina, Claudia. 
Like, this is legit. Luke, she is tough as friggin' nails in there. Has great technique. Is willing to stand and trade with you because she has the chin and she has the better technique in most cases. So she's not coming out here looking to point fight you, even though most of her wins have gone the distance here. Luke, I'm telling you, I don't know where her ceiling is. Uh, you know, maybe she doesn't have that plus plus offensive ability to stop the elites, but what she did in here against Claudia, especially considering that she was sort of overwhelmed early. Look, look, here's the deal about Claudia. Right. And I respect her trying to reinvent herself with Mark Henry and all that. But Luke, Claudia Gadelha, for her career, is a first-half fighter, right? So explosive early, is so great when she's leading with wrestling first. But that wrestling first is taxing on her. And when it eventually turns into a striking match, even though she's tried her best to round that out, if you're elite, you can outstrike her. And I think we found out here that that Jialin Yan is elite in that regard because, Luke, she's on her back in that first round, seemingly getting dominated. But if you go back and rewatch it, she had more moments off her back there than, than most people do when she's getting swallowed up there. And I think that set the tone for that really strong second round she had. Um, I love after the fight when John Annick straight up asked her, you know, how, much, how, how long for you? You just beat a number three or four fighter in this division. How long before we could see you against somebody like a Whaley Zhang? And she's like, call Dana right now. Ask Dana right now. I'm ready. Uh, Luke, I'm ready for some uh, all China strawweight women's division where it's all killer, no filler to see this woman as a legit title contender. Again, I do sort of question, does she have the next level plus striking to get over that mountain? But I am not willing to, to count her out because she's tough as nails and her technique is strong. She's big for the division. She's in great shape. She has been a very pleasant surprise. And I will straight up admit the American bias. You see her a couple of times, you go, oh, who is she? I don't really know her. She's a, you know, another Chinese fighter. I know her now, okay? This has been a couple wins in a row now. You can't avoid it now. That that victory jumped off the page for me. Talk me down here, because you know I get very excited about the 115, Luke. No, I'm, uh, like, I'm like you, too. I see these fighters from China, and they've long had no profile in the sport. And you're like, ah, what does this mean? And you see, like, you even the champion, Zhang Wiley's record, and you're like, there's a bunch of fights that she had in the Kunlun Fighting Championship. And you're like, what is that? If you don't really know the details. And then you actually look at the tape, and you're like, huh. There's something here. And then she goes to the UFC and just starts barreling down on everyone. I'm not saying that Jan, again, however you pronounce her name, Xiao Nin, is exactly the same. But she looks to be the genuine article, a real prospect with real abilities, who has already proven she can fight some of the top members of this division. Now, how far can she go? I guess we'll have to see. But to your point, six-fight win streak in the best women's division that is not a bullshit stat. That's a real deal achievement. And she looks to be poised for something great here next. For me, I'm going to go with somebody who doesn't have a six-fight win streak, but has a five-fight win streak now in the UFC, quite qu quietly at that. Giga Chikadze. Uh, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his last name. He is Georgian. By the way, have you noticed there's just a ton of Georgian fighters now in the UFC? I don't know how that happened. It seems to come out of nowhere. But they yeah, look shout out poised. to the other ATL, Luke, right? Yeah, yeah. I, the, uh, uh, what's the capital of uh, Georgia here? Uh, Tbilisi? Tbilisi? Um, sure. Uh, Brussels? I don't know. Oh, no, yeah. Brussels is uh, Belgium. Um, but, okay, point is this. Uh, I've been there. It's a nice city. Anyway, five-fight win streak, former competitor in glory. Now, he has fought a lot of people that you may not have heard of unless you watch Contender Series or The Bottom of Cards or something. 
he has very much had to prove to UFC management that he's more than just a good kickboxer who has okay takedown defense. And in fact, he is. He has pretty, I would say even very good takedown defense, good scrambling, good game underneath. He is hard-nosed, as you can well imagine, when it comes to striking. And he beat good top prospects like Brandon Davis and others. So now he gets a win over Jamie Simons in the first round. Now, Simons you know, or Simmons, whatever, had come in with, this was his UFC debut, and, you know, he was he had a bad over, hair night, Luke. He had a bad had a hair bad night. bad hair night. Yeah. It was overmatched. But my point being is this. Giga Chikazi is someone to pay attention to. I don't know how far he can go in, in, you know, when he really starts to ascend to people beyond, you know, the Irwin Rivera's and Omar Morales's of the world. But I will say, at 145 pounds, B.C., he has a lot of skills you like. He has a certain intensity to the way he fights that I really, really like watching. His stand-up skills are just tremendous. Everyone wants to take him down, but like Adesanya, he's one of these kickboxers who realize there's a certain level of takedown defense I just have to have. Otherwise, this whole thing falls apart early in their career anyway, and he's got it. Look out for him. I do him. fear. I fear this, though. Even though he was, he had a bend but not break takedown defense in this fight, right? He never was ending up for long periods getting taken, but he was in the standing clinch a lot against a fighter in, in Jamie Simons there who, I don't know, I, I just wasn't impressed with. So I was sort of waiting for him to get that separation. It took him a long time. He finally did, and he showed you why he's a fun fighter. Um, I, I hope that takedown defense is for real because this winning streak feels like it's for real. He, he screamed for attention, put me back in the cage in December. Like, let's do this thing. I love when these guys are hungry, want to show themselves. So I'm with you on that. But Luke, this Brazilian fella, the Bantamweight, he, he might have been as impressive as Shaolin oh, and County, Giga. County Barcelos? Hione? Yeah, look, I didn't know this guy. I didn't know this Hione Barcelos, who's won, what, nine in a row and all five of his UFC bouts coming off that win over Saeed Nurmagomedov. Uh, I don't need to, to to throw extra praise on what I think the announced team, you know, Dominic Cruz, John Anik, did such a great job of doing already, which is tell you that this fight was high theater. And Trevor Whitman came in and was, was you know, ready to, to shoot the whole thing at the screen, and I agreed with him. Khalid Taha brought it. But Barcelos, Luke, was just better in every single category. A motor for days. He can work on the ground. His striking, the, the fluidity of his striking and the, the, the variety of it at that pace was insane, Luke. Um, wake me up here. I didn't know who he was. You look at his resume, you're like, whoa, maybe I should have. Is this guy a legit player in you know, the second deepest division in this game? Yeah, he certainly is. This was a guy that was making a bunch of noise in uh, RFA, LFA, whatever it, it was at the time he was competing in it, and uh, made his way to the UFC and hasn't lost since. Now, he's had a bunch of canceled bouts and things have fallen out and blah, blah, blah. But he is, when you saw that, you were like, wow, this guy's really good. Yeah, he's been really good. He just hasn't really quite broken through for a lot of different reasons. But maybe with this one, if he can stay healthy and stay active, he can build on it. Because to your point, these are his wins in the UFC. Kurt Hollibaugh, who's a very good fighter. Chris Gutierrez, who this year through the pandemic has shown himself to be somebody to, to take seriously. Carlos Joaquin, who's, you know, fine. Saeed Nurmagomedov, and then now Khalid Taha. Uh, you know, getting some some the last two fights have gone a little bit longer than maybe they should have, given the uh, skill differential. But still, he is a, clearly a force to be reckoned with. And look, so you know, sexiness of your opponent matters, but so does placement on a card, Luke. If a lot of these fights are coming deep on the prelims, even you know, even us, we can only watch so many fights, right? Like you know, you may miss some of that. Putting this on the main card, having an opponent like Taha who is really willing to push him. 
you suddenly saw the, I think the best of, of who this Brazilian fella is. So once again, here's another name on the Rolodex. that's becoming must see TV for me, Luke. Okay. Yeah, and more Wake proof my that... filthy casual ass up here. Bracelos. Yeah. Okay. bro. And right? also that Vansom weight is clearly becoming the, 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 if not the best division right now, the division of the future. Uh, okay. Let's go to our next point here, BC. Well, BC has been telling me about this guy and every time I've paid attention, I've been a little bit uninspired especially with his fight on Saturday. Devin Haney gets a win over Yuri Yorkis Gamboa. Now, here's the good news if you're a Devin Haney fan. It wasn't close. In fact, you could give him every round. All right, that's how not close it was. Still, Gamboa has been knocked down 14 times in his career, but he didn't taste the canvas one time. Haney was talking about how he wanted to beat Gamboa worse than others had, like Gervonta Davis. And he really didn't. Now, he got the win. He was the better guy, BC. But what did he prove with a victory like this? Yeah, we saw a very polarizing reaction to this. Uh, I think this was a bad time to do the safe, completely dominant style of victory. And a lot, and look, in a lot of ways, Devin Haney is a Floyd Mayweather clone, right? Like, like Floyd actually w- was woke to Devin Haney early in his career and wanted to promote him. And Devin Haney studied the Floyd handbook. And this was a very welterweight pay-per-view Floyd performance. Probably, you know, problem is in this case is Floyd had already built up a, a, a resume to get to that level of stardom. And in the smaller weight classes, Floyd was much more aggressive and got people out of there. He sort of had to fight this way at welterweight against bigger fighters when his hand problems were there and he got older. Haney uh, picked the wrong time to do this kind of performance. When you're younger, and by the way, he's only 21, so like this guy, is, is the goods are there. They're there, Luke. The goods are there. But when you're a young guy looking to get attention and when your fight is coming at a time where, again, I'm going to say it, these five guys, these five young names all around lightweight that look like they have next in this sport. Teofimo just had the biggest win in all of boxing this calendar year. Teofimo Lopez against um, Lomachenko a couple weeks back. Then we see Gervonta Davis on pay-per-view deliver the boom. There was a Ryan Garcia's got a fight coming up. There was a lot of expectations to go out there and make a statement. A statement was not made. And while I'm not going to damn him the fighter for that, Luke, I will damn him for missing an opportunity to really grab attention, missing a marketing opportunity, missing a lot of that, because what he should have done was go in there and knock Gamboa out. Gamboa is still dangerous to a degree because his hand speed is good despite him being well over the hill, and he's he'll take chances. So even though Gervonta stopped him in the 12th round, Luke, you remember that Gamboa had moments, and he's just going to go out there and empty the tank on you, and... It's one thing afterwards for Devin Haney to go on Twitter and brag about how much money he's making at 21 and brag about how Gervonta took clean shots in order to finally stop Gamboa. But Gervonta made a statement in his first fight at lightweight there, and he won a secondary title, and he got the job done, whether it was difficult or not. I think Haney, in some ways, you hate to say that he took the easy way out. He took the easy way out if your goal is to go out there and make a splash. Yes, he took the easy way out. He leaned on his advantages, and he had a clinical, thorough, impressive victory from the standpoint of hit and not get hit. And again, that's something Haney was tweeting about afterwards. I think the whole Twitter storm from Haney, and he kind of went back and forth with Gervonta, didn't really make him look great. If you want to be all about what you can do as a pure boxer, that's fine. You're going to win a lot. But you got to build that foundation first of marketability and making people want to see you. Unfortunately, this is a couple fights in a row where, like you said, Luke, you can watch it and go, man, he's really good. 
but I'm not seeing charisma. I'm not seeing uh, an it factor. I'm seeing a guy go in there to win and come out with the win, and that's it. And look, there's two games in boxing. There's the business, and there's what happens in the ring. And again, Floyd could do and fight in the style he did for preservation purposes because he had already built that foundation. In that sense, Luke, yes, this was a disappointing performance from Devin Haney in that sense. And I think he doubled down on Twitter and didn't really hammer it home. Um, against weaker competition, he's going to blow him away and give you a spectacular knockout. But he's got to figure out, Luke, against when he starts stepping up, how to also step up the show with that. Because if you're Ryan Garcia, if you're Gervonta, if you're Teofimo and somebody puts a microphone now in front of you, they're going to trash this guy. They're going to be like, you let this guy go. You let Gamboa go the distance against you. You never knocked him down. You never hurt him. And you're not going to be able to get away with, uh, he didn't hit me once. It's not going to work right now. Yeah, I mean, I saw, and I love the, the, the was it the Latin snake? Uh, the commentator. Yeah, yeah, I love Sergio Mora. He had a tweet, though, that I just found baffling. Listen, I know he wants to defend Devin Haney. And again, dude, Devin Haney is 25-0 and 0 at 21 years old. The kid yeah. can obviously box his ass off. That's not the issue. The issue is, you know, what is the upside? How far can he go? Does he understand the task at hand, given his ambition? And you saw uh, Mora saying things like comparing him to Floyd. You know, Floyd didn't have, um, uh, you know, Floyd in, in all of his pay-per-view fights, he only had two stoppages. One was the Hatton one and one was the, the Victor Ortiz one and blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, well, okay, but Sergio, if you look at where... Floyd was at a similar age relative to Haney. I mean, this is a guy who around that time in 2000, in back-to-back fights, uh, Floyd stopped Emmanuel Augustus, the drunken master, and Chico Corrales. And then Dude, years he later, Corrales down six times, right? Right, right. I mean, he beat the like, fuck out of Corrales, right, Jose? And then yeah. he goes on. He had a three-fight win streak where he beat uh, Philip Endu, Demarcus Corley, and Henry. Uh, excuse me, what am I saying? Uh, Arturo Gotti. Uh, Arturo Gotti, Shamba Mitchell, Zab, the, the Zab dude went the to a two Castillo decision. fights. I mean, look, Floyd at that age got you the hell out of there if he could. He was offensive. He was looking to get your attention. And, Luke, here's, before you finish, here's why it's double damning right now. All these young guys talk like they want to fight each other, Luke. All these, these five names I mentioned, right? Shakur Stevenson, again, is rising up. He'll be here soon. All those guys are using each other's names. But the reality is they're all with separate promoters, separate network for the most part, although Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney are both with DAZN, so it's more likely. But Luke, if he wants to fight guys like Teofimo or Gervonta, it's probably going to have to be a two-network special type fight, which means, oh, by the way, both will have to have a high level of crossover appeal and understanding that fight against Bamboa is not how you build crossover appeal. If this was Gamboa from five years ago, you know, you'd go, okay, that, that's a potential tough out. Look at, look at what Gamboa did against Terrence Crawford. He pushed him. It ain't that Gamboa anymore. And I love Gamboa. I love that guy. It was a little round in the waist, Luke. It's past due, okay? Like, the milk is spoiled now. You need to end that man. You didn't do it. So don't go on Twitter and ran out at this point. Come back with a stronger performance next time, and then we'll reevaluate. Yeah, I don't think it's fair. I mean, Gamboa had the torn Achilles, and they say he's back now. He doesn't have nearly the same movement that he used to, and he's up a weight class at 135. I don't think that's his natural weight class. I think it's a place that he can go to because it's kind of, I won't say easy to make, but it's not, you know, it's not as hard to make as uh, some of the smaller weights where he's fought. And so, again, like all these comparisons to Floyd, everybody wants to be Floyd. Teofimo Lopez is the only one who recognized 
there's one way to be Floyd, and that's in the early and middle stage of your career, you got to fight hammers. And when you fight those hammers, more often than not, of course, he, did, he didn't put the lights out of Lomachenko, but you know, just beating that guy is impressive enough, and everyone else he's basically stopped, or pretty close to anyway. Uh, you got to fight hammers, and you got to have results that let people know that you are appointments uh, viewing. Nice win by Devin Haney. Dude's talented, but that wasn't the resume building performance that I yeah, think he you're, would Yeah, if be. your only goal is to get on the pound for pound list, then that's a, a win in the right direction. But that's not people's goals anymore, and, and really, nor should it be. Your goal is to make a lot of money and get out of this sport on your own terms, and you got to take a little bit more chances in that regard. All right, so with that in mind, we go to our fifth and final topic, BC. Well, things change because I wrote these uh, questions for the show yesterday, and then we got a bit of breaking news, so I'll just do it this way. We were supposed to get Makachev, Islam Makachev versus Rafael Dos Anjos this weekend, but Makachev is out. The question was originally going to be between Crawford, Brook, BKFC, and then Makachev versus Dos Anjos. What fight were, would you say would be best, but we've lost the, one of the main events, so I'm guessing what, Crawford, Brook? Well, let's let's not forget the Bellator uh, featherweight tournament continues right. Thursday night. So Fair there's point. two good matchups, including Pitbull, by the way, and that's that ain't a bad fight uh, right there against Pedro Carvalho. But Luke, I want to stay on on the Islam RDA thing here. Um, look, RDA's on a, on a bit of a skid here. Three out of four lost. He's he's aging in the wrong direction. Luke, he's cutting back down to lightweight for this one. Remember that was the weight he couldn't make safely, and in in uh, Eddie Alvarez, you know, surprised him and, and jumped all over him. Luke, give me a give me a replacement fight that makes sense to keep your interest for this main event. If he's back at lightweight, who are we going to put him in there with? Ke- future champion Kevin Lee's tattoo artist. Who are we going to put him in there with, Luke? Who's available? Uh, no. Gregor Gillespie, Drew Dober, Cowboy. Oh, I mean, something like that. I don't know. I, I hope I, they I find know. somebody worthy. I want to learn something from this fight, okay? Is yeah, RDA done, Luke? Tell uh, me the truth. Is RDA done? No. No, not quite yet. I, I, I think he still has the ability to get some elite wins. I don't think he has the ability to get a belt wrapped around his waist again, but he, I think, definitely still has the ability to beat some tough. Because he's relentlessly competitive, and even just that, against young up-and-coming contenders who haven't quite figured out how to really master the game. You go up against a guy like RDA, he'll still put it on you if, you, if the moment is right. Um but I just don't know where they go. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do because Makachev is sitting at 12. I don't think contenders above him are going to want to face him on short notice or even be ready. Same for the ones below him. So they might just figure out someone. It's going to be a situation like it was for like the third iteration of them trying to make Cowboy, excuse me, Khabib and Tony. And they ended up on Khabib versus Daryl Horcher. It's going to be something like that. And I don't oh, know who gross, that Daryl Horcher is going to be, but... This would be one of those times to, 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 to call the BMF ranch. It would be, right? It would be one of those times to call Cowboy and say, you in shape, bro? Can you make welter? Right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. You got to throw up the bat signal a little bit, don't you? I mean, I they, they, they have history. Didn't they fight twice, Luke? Uh, RDA and them, they fought twice, and RDA won both of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm you know, so just trying to get creative here. But RDA right? is out, so this would be Makachev who's still in there. No, no, uh, Makachev's out, bro. Get your you, get your you sure? shizite together. Did yeah. I get that fucked up? Let me verify you did, that. Bro, you might be right. On. You might be right. Hey, listen, I'm old and and washed. Do you understand? I don't even know why I have this job. I suck. All right. 
Well, I'm, uh, I, we're tentatively right. going to be ch- right. tentatively going to be chatting or with or I am with RDA this week on morning combat. So we'll see if that plays out if he gets a new opponent. And uh, Luke, we got Kevin Nash, the big sexy, the wrestler this week on morning combat. We also got a way bigger name than that. But I, don't, you know, I want to jinx it. Let's make sure that the connection works and that the. Uh, yeah, also, yeah, so yeah. Uh, real quickly, for folks who may not have, let's imagine that there are uh, fight fans watching who've never seen Bud Crawford. What are they in for? Okay, so he's legitimately in the conversation for pound for pound best in the world and has been for a while. Uh, he brought all four titles together at 140 pounds, undisputed champion. First time that happened in the four belt era in that division. Has moved up to welterweight and has done nothing, Luke, but remind you that he's insanely good. The problem, Luke, is that he's on the wrong side of the street. You know, uh, in terms of promotion and network. So he's had to fight retreads. And, you know, he fought a Jeff Horn who was hot at the moment. He fought a Amir Khan who was washy. Now he's fighting a Kelbrook who has won three in a row. And you can check out my interview with him on Morning Combat that we did last week. Um, People think he's washy. He's 35-ish. He has had trouble making welterweight lately. Kell Brook, though, for the money, is is as well-rounded and, and tough and out. So here's to, here's hoping that Kell Brook can, can make a legitimate uh, tough out here for Crawford. The one thing you'll say about Crawford, he's been unable to get, you know, the Spence, the Porters, all the big names that we want him to fight. He comes to fight every fight like he's facing Floyd Mayweather. He is so freaking good. He's slick. But he has a backbone, and the, the probably the coolest part about him, Luke, is that he can switch to southpaw and do the two stance thing, really as good. As, I'm serious, as good as anyone at, at the elite level that I've ever seen. He can switch stances, and when he switches to southpaw, he typically takes his opponent out of the game. And while he could easily outbox folks from distance, he has that backbone and killer instinct to get you out of there. So sometimes it comes late in the fight as he's trying to figure out, but he'll deliver the blow. He's a badass. Problem is his resume, you know, it's how tired are you going to get when he's consistently fighting B-level welterweights? We want to see him against the best. This division's overflowing with names. The problem is they are all under the PBC banner. Not a problem for Fox and Showtime, a problem for Bud Crawford at the moment. Luke, I'm hoping like hell, Kell Brook can dip into the uh, dip into the oven and, as he would say, uh, bring back a little bit of them uh, little chocolate brownies and and find the, uh, the Kell Brook of old because this could be... Could be some fun theater on ESPN uh, this Saturday. Uh, also competing on DAZN 2 p.m., Katie Taylor is back against someone named Miriam Gutierrez. I know a lot about Katie Taylor. I don't know shit about Miriam Gutierrez, so I guess we'll see how that goes. For BKFC 14 yeah. of World Series of Fighting fame, I believe, Luis Palomino is on the card, and then uh, Dat Win versus Reggie Barnett. I don't know much about either of them, BC, but it's there if you loser, want to see it. Loser, so. loser has to drive the Uber home. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, legitimately, that that might be the that might be their career progression after that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, you know, at BKFC, it's the last stop, right, Luke? Unless you're uh, Paige Manzan, it's the last stop. Yeah, it certainly can be. Uh, and then, of course, you have the UFC card this weekend. Let me pull that up here very quickly, if I may. Um, you may, Luke. You may. It's, it's actually not a good card, and this is the one we were referencing because what's-his-face got in trouble with uh, uh, John Kavanaugh for being like, yo, this card's not good, but you know, for real, they were right. The card is not good. Now, again, so it could end up So this doesn't bode being... well for our Friday preview episode, Luke, when we look at the weekend to come. This doesn't bode well for that. Maybe we should find a new activity. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's going to be, oh, let's see. Let's see this card here. It is going to be 
Uh, let's see. Uh, you have Abdul Razak Al Hassan is back against Chaos Williams. Julian, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Marquez against Saperbeg Safarov. Dontel Mays versus Roque. Roque Martinez. Antonio Arroyo, who's good actually, uh, from uh, versus Eric Anders. Kay Hansen is back against Corey McKenna. Yeah, uh, Alex a- Morino. Hey, I uh, love me some Kay Hansen. So f your politics, Luke. I love me some Kay Hansen. Great. Uh, Ashley Yoder taking on Miranda Granger. Luis Smolka is back against Jose Alberto Quinones. Randa Marcos, Kanako yeah. Murata. So and this is our Gravely new segment Hurled. on Morning Combat where we just read you every fight. The fight card, yes. I'm just reading shit thing. off topology. Thank I apologize. Thank Look, what are I we was, doing right now? What are we, I mean, really. I was, I, was hope, I, was, <laughs> I was hoping to find a gem in there, and I didn't quite find one. But anyway. Right, well, these we might as well bring in Jay. The shit's already leaking from the ceiling. Jay, come on in, bro. Here he is, guys. I'm here. Hey, Luke, oh, look at you that. You can Jay, see his face. Do you know Jay tried to argue that he checked out the stats from his appearance last Monday on this show, and he claims that when he left the show at the end, viewership dipped considerably, Luke. Your thoughts? I'm going to tell Jay what my parents have always told me throughout my life, which is, you're a loser and nothing you do matters. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that may be true. Um it is not beneath me to uh, post those statistics in, in actual form as evidence during this during this program. No, I, will yeah. prove, I will prove Luke, what I said. He does have, you may have a producer credit, Luke, but this guy actually has the launch codes to the show, all right? This guy can... I guess uh, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, Jay, he, uh, I like when you go with the white rims on the glasses. That lets me know it's, it's a big show. It's a big day. Big show. You know? Monday's always a big day. The, you, know, you know if you have the white rims on the glasses, it means you saw Crazy Town in concert twice. <laughs> <laughs> come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. Right? Come on, right? And not, not once. Me, you went back for seconds. What do you think happens at a, at a Crazy Town concert when they sing Come, My Lady? What do they say? Butterfly? Yeah, yeah. Um, a, bu- a bunch yeah. of people would call out to the jobs they had the next day, but they don't. They live with their parents. Hey, you know what band know. in that era was actually pretty good? P.O.D. Right? Right? Pay- payable on Death. Southtown's a good song. I like, I like Southtown. They had two hits, right? Yeah, you know, true story. We were going to rent a tour bus to promote our documentary, and P.O.D. was getting off the bus the weekend before we got on. But then we didn't sell enough tickets. Now, what's so we, Jay? The, uh, the, the Morning Combat documentary no, th- that's coming this out was, this week? or the... uh, that, one, that one should get a tour bus. But th- this was for the Back in Time uh, film and music tour. Yes, yes. Thank you, Luke, for this checking out of the show. Luke's actually yeah. looking we... out the window of his office. This is this yeah. is the worst. This can is we, awful. Can we do DMs for donks and not talk to the donk, please? Wow. Let's wow. Sorry, Jay. Jay, let it be known I'm on your side. All right? Let it be known. Okay? Let it be known. Gold ring embedded with stone. When I punch you in the head, this shit will dent up your dome. All right. Let's go uh, to yeah. the DMs from donks, please. I would love to. There we go. I mean, we were, just, we were just sitting there talking to Jay as I read Facebook. I mean, what are we doing here? All right. Yeah. Yeah. First, I, I bet first you were question. looking up old old high school girlfriends, Luke, to see if they got thick, right, bro? Right? Uh, I actually don't do that, believe it or not. But yeah, uh, okay. yeah, right, yeah, right, dude. Come on. No, uh, listen. I have many shortcomings, and I am the worst person in America some days. But that's actually not a thing. I I don't think I've done that. In I'm too busy in the front yard years. lifting these rocks, biatch. Yeah, right. That's right. I'm in the front yard just lifting like an old pathetic piece of shit. All right. From C Quizzle ninety three, where do you rank uh, Brahimai's ear falling off Yikes. amongst the worst injuries you've seen in MMA or combat sports? Let me set this up. He was fighting uh, Max Griffin, and he got hit. I-, I can't remember if it was a right hook or an elbow, BC, but it was on the left ear. And he this was a, obviously like many ears are. 
a cauliflowered ear. But I went back and I looked before the fight. It was not super swollen. Now, at least from what I could tell, it just looked like a hardened cauliflower ear. But it got hit kind of, not quite, but where the ear inside meets the, the rim of the ear. And when it got split, the outer ear was still mostly attached to the head. But oh. everything else was just dangling off. Because I guess once you get cauliflower ear, if you cut it, it's not really connected to the rest of the the ear like it used to be. And uh, that was a bad injury, dude. If you want to see more, stay tuned for Have You Seen This Shit. But I'd put it on the scale somewhere between Luke, um, James the Colossus Thompson versus Kimbo Slice, and uh, John Wayne versus Loretta Bobbitt. Yeah, but that's the thing. The John Wayne Loretta Bobby joke is lame. I mean, the 90s are over. Oh, Kai. oh come on. N- number two, on number two, James Thompson's ear was swollen when he went into that fight a little bit. It got yeah. worse as the fight went on. Also, fa- folks may not remember this. Seth Petrozelli did something similar to, um, who was the guy? The, the hillbilly heartthrob who on season two, Brad Imes. Brad yes. Imes, he exploded his ear in the middle of a fight, and that shit looked ridiculously awful or maybe it was the other that way around maybe it was ridiculous. Seth's here ridiculous yeah uh, this is worse than those this is up there with Leslie Smith's ear falling off remember that yeah it's up there with that time that uh, uh, Felice Herrig choked that chick out and she shit her pants in the cage no one talks about that Luke remember that yeah Justine Kish oh god like if this we, was high school we would never let she would never live it down right Justine Kish now has to marry Tim Sylvia Two fighters who shat themselves in the middle of a contest. You owe it to yourself. I don't know this Tim Sylvia story. I don't know the story. What is this? Tim Sylvia was fighting uh, some Brazilian. I forget his name. Something Silva. And he had the flu. He had the flu game. And he shat himself visibly in the middle of the fight. You've never seen this? No, I've never seen that. I'll tell you who it was. I forget the guy's name. Yeah, dude. You've been watching MMA as long as I have. You have seen quite literally some shit. Yeah, have uh, you seen that? Have you? Yeah, have you smelled that? He shit? fought right, a dude, going. but hold on. He fought. Uh, I'll tell you the guy's name. He fought. Uh, so, well, some guy named Silva was. Well, that was very racist of you, Luke. Okay. Well, I mean, I know. I think it really was. It was. Uh, he fought Aswario Silva. That's who it was. UFC Fight Night Three, January two thousand six, the day he took a dump. All right. Uh, <laughs> so gross, right? That's like yeah. I know. I want yeah. you to think about Tim Sylvia's sweaty rear end. And feces coming out of it. Uh, All right. From at combat.society. Would you lift weights with Glover in your front yard? Are you fucking kidding? Not only would I lift weights with Glover in my front yard, I would treat my front yard like the yard. I'd even be willing to be his prison bitch. Glover Teixeira is amazing. And I would love to lift weights with Glover. Can you imagine? By the way, I told this story before. This is true. I one time asked Glover, I'm like, who are you at a party? Like, everyone's got a role at a party. Like, it's a thing that you do. Are you the guy who's, like, the one who makes everyone dance around you uncomfortably? Because you seem very festive. He's like, no, I hate dancing. I'm the guy in the back with a cigar, and I'm very good at telling stories. Oh, buddy, can you imagine the stories this guy can tell while we're out here doing overhead presses, AMRAP style? Amazing. Uh, It's always been my dream, Luke, to... uh... (laughs) To not have this conversation anymore. This one of our worst episodes of all time. Next question, please. From at watch underscore beginner underscore Allen. Hey, donks. 
Uh, how soon do we see the first all-Chinese strawweight title fight between Zhang Weili and Yan Xiaonan? Well, A, not soon enough after how great uh, Yan looked, and, and shout out to her, we talked about that. But Luke, I want to ask you this. Like, you would think for UFC, this would be like, oh crap, we have something here, let's put it on Chinese soil once things, you know, calm down, and let's make a lot of money off of it. Who is, is um, uh, you know, so we... The champion is is Wei Li at the moment. You could do Rose, and that would be a freaking amazing fight. But do you skip that to do this, Luke? I mean, do you? I mean, look, one day Tatiana Suarez is going to walk again, and we'll figure out how good she is. I don't think she's fought, you know, since since Clinton was in office. But uh, I don't think I'm missing anyone else who's like uber deserving. I think you could almost cut the line and kind of do this as a fun sort of let's build business over there fight, couldn't you? I think you could. But until they get COVID under control, I would wait. Because let's imagine that today we had this news, right? Pfizer's got this vaccine where it can uh, prevent in 90% of cases infection. All right, let's assume that we can deploy this in some kind of readily, uh, uh, you know, um, um, you know, good fashion. You know, people don't do the whole, I'm not taking Bill Gates' vaccine because I read Facebook twice. That whole bullshit. And we can get to a place where people actually get vaccinated and you can have crowds again, B.C., wouldn't you rather wait to have an all-Chinese main event in China with a crowd where you can build that market versus just kind of turning and burning it in the middle yes. of a pandemic? Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Yeah. It, but at the same time, I'm like, wouldn't you want to build up to, to Wei Li and Rose? I mean, look, that is um, – seriously, for, for my fandom, that's among the best five fights you can make in the sport. Rose and Wei Li. Like, seriously. Agreed. Talk Agreed. me off of that. Right. I'm no, sitting I, I on wouldn't. It right now. By the way, with this vaccine news, BC, I mean, for a guy who was very invested in February packed arenas, how confident are you with today's vaccine news? We get there. Uh, fairly, fairly confident. I mean, it could I got to tell you, I got to tell you, that's a real that's a needle mover right there. I mean, look, if Canelo's coming back in December and wants to pack some stadium in Texas, right? I mean, we got Errol Spence December 5th in Texas. Connor back in January. We could be seeing some big biz. Luke, light, combat life, not regular life. Combat life could be normalized soon. Something normalized. like that, maybe. We'll see. I mean, there's a reason. I'll say this, BC. It's good news today is what that was. Good news. Can't get enough good news in the year 2020. I'll say that. All Luke, right. Which which Joanna trilogy is more likely, Claudia or Rose? Claudia. I'd be I would have said I would have said Rose if she had won her last fight, but Claudia she did win her last fight. She did. Well, Rose I thought I thought I thought she won her last fight, but I'm saying if the judges had agreed. She beat Jessica Andrade. No, 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 no. Sorry. Rose. I'm talking about, uh, no, uh, not Rose. What am I saying? Um, I do. I am. Uh, yeah, I am out there. All right. I am, hey, I am. I am barely listening to you. Uh, sorry. Yeah, that It'd be a lot like room service diaries in a way, Luke, right? You know, just, just, <laughs> just through zoom. Yeah, yeah. All right. From at extra Josh Millie. Will Dana White make AOCs? That's uh, Andrea uh, or uh, what's it? Uh, Alexandria Ocasio uh, Cortez's revenge list. So if you didn't see this, it's not really a revenge list. I think this person is joking and or uh, demented. It's just a list of folks who she considered to be enablers of the current president, but um, usually it was like lawmakers or news organizations. Do you think Dana White? Stumping. Uh, here's what I'll say about this, BC. We made a video. We had we did a whole deep dive of like what happens to Colby Shtick if yes. Trump loses. 
Now, you know, we're still in a part where there's a little bit of uncertainty about what's going to happen exactly next. But it does appear, whether you like it or you hate it, Biden's going to take office, okay? Which makes the question about what the hell Colby's going to do, you know, uh, a real one. All the comments were basically torching me in that video. It's like, well, folks, it was a reasonable question then, and it's a reasonable question now. What's going to happen to all these MMA folks, Dana White included, who got behind a guy who appears to be, appears to be on the losing end of things. BC, that's you. I, I, you know, I, I look at both sides as, as pretty awful. You are, so, and you get on me for not wanting to make fight picks, you unbelievable coward. I mean, I just give an opinion. Care, Luke, you know, you, you, hey, Don, Don Henley's going to try to tell me I need to vote. You know what I mean? <laughs> P. Diddy, vote or die. I died, bro. You didn't give me a good option, so I died, okay? That's funny. All right? Find me a candidate, Luke. Is Nader Hold still on. running? Come on. How, you think how, seriously? What do you think Colby's going to do? Uh, now, he's going to. Now that we, uh, he, there's three lanes he can go. I talked about this the episode you weren't there, but uh, he's either going to double down that that I think he'll probably double down because of the the Trump side saying that that they've been wronged and the Supreme Court will figure it out. I think he doubles down on Trump rather Luke than going full on Biden. No, or just dropping that and being a troll of fighters. Maybe in the long run, but I think for now he stays stays in the, in his lane. Dude, how amazing would it be if he became like a super hardcore Biden fan? You know what I mean? Like doing the exact same thing he was doing, just as an avatar for he Biden. Should, he should pivot a little and drape himself in the uh, "Don't Tread on Me" flag and go that route. Go the militia route. Should he go the militia route? I don't think it's very wise. Well, as, uh, as, right. a, as his pro wrestling manager, I would tell him, you know, I'm sure I'm sure his current pro wrestling manager, uh, AT, the ATT guy is telling him what to do. Yeah. Thank you. All right, BC, this is super up your alley from at yep. Cubbies fan 80. What is your Mount Rushmore wow. of rock vocalists? Wow, that's a great question. Yes. 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 So go. Yes. Uh, my favorite rock vocalist of all time is Rod Stewart. Now, before you uh, you go, you think of you know, uh, before you get all weird on me, and, you know, uh, and you think of all his sexy adult yeah, contemporaries. You know who's also considers him their please, favorite is Abuela. Literally, yeah, Abuela's please, favorite go, go take rock the vocalist Pepsi is Rod Stewart. As, as Luke would say, take the Pepsi challenge of Rob the Mod's time with the Jeff Beck group and his time with the Faces, along with his first three solo albums. Rod Stewart has the best voice in rock history, Luke. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even a Rod super fan. I just understand. Listen to the album Truth, 1970, Jeff Beck Group. That is a tour de force of, of blues rock and early heavy metal. Uh, it's actually considered to be the spawning album, along with Led Zeppelin One, of how we got to where we are with heavy metal today. That's Rod Stewart on vocals there, Luke. Okay, bro? So he's a name on my four. Why don't you add one on yours right now? Of rock vocalists? Yes. Yes. Jesus. All right, Eddie Vedder is, is also there. His voice is one of the rare ones where it's an instrument in the band. He's not singing over the music. He's a part of the music. Eddie Vedder's voice is an instrument on, on the I 10 mean, album. would you count Rob Halford? Yeah, that's rock, bro. Rock is heavy metal, hard rock. Yeah, all, yes, yeah, yes, I would. Sort of, I mean, I, the problem is I don't know a whole lot about rock, um, unfortunately. How do you not know a whole lot about rock? Where, you, where are, who are you? 
because <laughs> you're sitting there stumping for Rod Stewart, and I want to be like, see, sí, Joe Acuerdo, abuela. May encanto, Bro, Rod Stewart. I know he got out of the rock business fairly early, but seriously, go back and try it out, all right? Seriously, thank you. Would you say... Oh, would you say um, I mean, are you going to put Robert Plant in there? Who are you putting in your top Yeah, three? I was okay, going to say Robert Plant. So really, I would, that, that would be the other one. Uh, Amazing. You know, the, uh, which Paul McCartney, I guess, or uh, who's the old guy from the Stones who's nope. somehow not dead? Mick, Mick Jagger. Jagger would be the would be the name of the old guy from the Stones. Thank you, Luke. <laughs> this is great. You know, a man of such great taste who loves death rock and abortion metal. Like, come on, dude, you hey, really? It's abortion I know, rock. I don't know. Get it rock. right. Get it right. Um, this is a worst. Axel, con- see, Axel Rose. I don't. Do you like? Are you, how where are you on Axel Rose? Do you like him? Yeah, Prime Axel, when he had a voice, yes. It's very oh. distinct. It's great. Yeah, not the stuff to last, like, 10, 15 years. Uh, See, I would rank him as certainly an iconic rock figure, but, like, we're just talking vocalists. Yeah, I don't we're know talking that... vocalists right now. Yeah, but that sound, know. his range, his range in the, in the metal of the eight, I mean, it was... That was, I, you know, I, I can't know. claim to be I can't claim to be a GNR aficionado, All so right. I'm, well, I'm out of my Well, number three on my Mount Rushmore is Michael McDonald. You may know him from the Doobie Brothers. You may know him from his R&B adult contemporary run. Michael McDonald's voice is, it's insane, Luke. It's all time. It's, it's, you don't know me, but I'm your father. I mean, it's so, it's so good. Look, the high, he gets so high. Luke, he's the, he's the Sir Smoke a lot of, of male falsetto. What about, where are you on Mike, where are you on Michael Stipe from R.E.M.? Oh, get the get Luke. You're uh, seriously one more outburst like that. You're off the show. I'm not. I'm not fooling around here. Okay. Luke, What's wrong with REM? Your, go lose Night your swimming? religion. Night swimming is a good song. Bros, Fuck okay. you. I mean, what can I say? I like people from Athens, Georgia. Eat shit. Um, God, James who are Hetfield, I? Honorable mention. I mean, who but that's got, heavy Jay? metal. That's heavy metal. Jay, Jay that's what's the rock though? Jay loves James Nickelback. Hetfield. Jay, you like Nickelback a lot, right? I do like Nickelback. I'm not putting Chad I mean, look, on any Mount Rushmore. You can put Brian you are Johnson like, you, who, who's Bob the guy Scott from Creed? Scott Stapp? Is Scott that who it was? Who was yeah. banging people along with Kid Rock, drinking Boone's Farm and shit? He was also homeless on the street uh, collecting coins. But um, he, by the way, Scott Stapp's vocal range is the same as Eddie Vedder's. Like, could we point out that there's like, like, Marginal All right, Stapp had pipes, okay, but he's lame. Come on, well, let's get off of that. I'm not letting you turn this into the Nickelback hour. Uh, Luke, oh, are you how about play- uh, how? I got one, a serious one. Two, two of them. Uh, yeah. uh, Chris Cornell, I think oh, that's yeah. one. For sure. Freaking yeah. great, yes. dude. Okay, Freaking and then amazing. and then uh, I, can't, I, I my brain doesn't work anymore. But the lead singer for Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Wyland. Scott Weiland. Yeah. Both of those are pretty yes. freaking great. Great. And I and even though he's not traditional, God, David Lee Roth. I mean, has anyone ever owned yeah. a front man and the microphone in such a distinct way? It's not yes. traditional. It's not a great he voice. The menorah, by the way. He does like the menorah. Thank you. Thank you. Um <laughs> I love this discussion. I would have liked a little bit of prep time, but uh but uh I mean look, Freddie Mercury. Come on, Freddie Mercury. Oh yeah. Seriously? Freddie I mean, Mercury. And, yeah. and Kurt Cobain, another guy that couldn't sing, also killed himself and uh very recognizable voice. Lane Staley, you know I was a big Allison yes. Chains guy. Um, basically, if you if you drug overdosed anywhere between like 1993 and 2002, you're you're on the list. Would you count Bob Dylan? In some albums, yes. Now look, he's known for having a crappy voice in a lot of his career. He had it, but 
I'm a huge Bob Dylan head. So there are certain, I mean, the Blonde on Blonde double album, his voice, I, you know, I'll put that up against with anybody, the Blood on the Tracks. Nashville Skyline, when he went country, that version of his voice. Yeah, there's times, Luke, but he's mostly known for having a shitty voice and for playing three chords in a harmonica, yet being the greatest songwriter of all time. And guys, what I, about- I have one more for you here. I have one uh. more for you. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> that guy. Look at this fucking putz. Unbelievable. You gotta, you know, Luke, here's where you got to give him credit. He he leans into it. He goes for it, right? I mean, like... I like know, how I like how whoever shot this realized you're not supposed to be in the shot, and there's you <laughs> mouth breathing with your fucking nostrils. God, you sicken me. Uh, I'm going to throw David Crosby in there of you know the birds and CSNY fame. Okay, thank you. I I feel like what I'm about what about Bruce Bruce Springsteen? Bruce got a great voice, especially '70s Bruce. I spell oh God the Wild and the Innocent E Street Shuffle. That version of Bruce, good lord, yes. Oh, uh, I got Bruce one more for you. I don't know his name, but the lead singer. Of, oh, you know what? I'll say Morrissey. I love Morrissey. So fuck you. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, he likes. You know, lead singer why of the these Smiths. guys like the touch of another man? That's uh, but uh, the dude who was the lead singer of Talking Heads. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, what's his? Jay. What the hell is the guy's? You know the guy. The guy. David. No. The guy. What's the guy's name? The the guy. I don't yeah. know, but I was just thinking about Paul Simon. Okay. Yeah, Paul great, Simon's great a bitch. Voice. Fuck great Paul voice, Simon. All right. How Paul about Simon's not traditional? Old Jerry Garcia, like like late eighties, early nineties. Fuck you, Jerry dies. Garcia is absolute trash. Oh no, trash. My, are you serious, dude? Go back, go listen to so many roads. Summer '95, the last tour. Oh man, there is I mean, one just... song in the world where I get instantaneous diarrhea just from hearing it in a Scarlet Begonia. <laughs> Fuck you, Luke. I think you've you've proven that you're out of the music conversation. All right, Luke. Uh, where would you Where would you rank Corpse Grinder among all of these vocalists? <laughs> yeah, he's ahead the, of Jerry uh, Garcia for sure. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I could literally fart my way through a a, a, a contest on you know Luke, you the masked singer and know, beat uh, right, the, the ghost of Jerry all Garcia. Right. Fuck Jerry Garcia. You don't know what you don't know, bro. It's cool. Yeah, right? back at you, guy. Corpse grinder for life. All right, take it away, good sir. Time to have some fun. Oh, hey, let's let's laugh a little bit here. Uh, here's what we do: we scour we, this the globe. Is, we have a new person. I'm not going to out their name. We have a new person working on production on this show. She started literally on the worst fucking episode imaginable. <laughs> this is day one of her employment. Episode one of <laughs> of the first show she's helping on. Yeah, that's great. And, and I'm like, who are we talking about now? What? Yeah. Uh, so we scour the globe, the highs and the lows, the good and the bad. On Combat Sports Luke and beyond, it is the greatest segment. Have you seen this shit? Let's go to UFC Fight Night in Vegas. We start with your boy, Luke Featherweight, Giga Chikazi. Let's see that head kick one more time, Luke. The kickboxing. Wow. Point, Look at that. Went to the body, then went to the head. Just classic. Luke, he good didn't send finisher. him to hell. He sent him to the barber, Luke. Okay? Right there. Yes. Don't, don't hair shame people. You know, who are a little bit different than you and I. But is also, he a featherweight yes, Gokan Saki, Luke? Is that who he is? Gokan Saki was like a heavyweight slash light heavyweight. I know this is the featherweight Gokan Saki is what I'm saying. Okay, no, but Gokan Saki right. was a much better kickboxer and a much worse MMA fighter. Yes, that is true. Hey, let's go to uh, this deep on this undercard. The heavyweight Alex Romanoff. Luke, did you see how he celebrated his submission win? By yeah, <laughs> with a lateral drop. That's actually a real takedown. It's called a lateral drop. 
by putting his coach in a in a judo toss and then throwing the other by guy. The way, oh yeah, his coach there. What flag is that? It looks like the Colombian flag. It's not, but it looks Belarusian, right? Yeah, Maybe? I think so. I had to look for a second there. Nice little he lateral beat, drop. Uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, and now he's just slamming coaches. I'm in on this. This is good. This is better than having people spit in a shoe and then uh, yeah. This wow, is but better, you know what? You I mean UFC footage on the show, BC. Who would have thought? You know. Well, it's not pay per view, and it's not a finish, Luke. You're out here uh, trying to build segments around finishes. Why I mean, we did just, just we, did, we did just watch a finish, didn't we? Why don't you just yeah on a non pay per view? Why don't you call up uh, Showtime Legal and start making Pat Tillman jokes? All right, Luke. All right, here we go, Luke. Uh, <laughs> Darren the Damage Elkins, did you pop for his backpack submission here on Luis Eduardo Garagori? Yeah, I did actually. It was nice. Not work. bad. Push the hand down. But body triangle switches up. Great grip to grip there. Ah. Does he have Arlovsky potential, Luke, where he's just going to be kind of a tough ass out and linger? I'll say this. He's not going to go away quietly. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know if it's exactly that way because he bleeds a lot more. and he takes. Oh, a lot. God, I mean, yes. that's, the thing, that's the thing about Arlovsky. Like, he can't take a lot of damage anymore, but here's the thing. He doesn't take a lot of damage. I mean, if he gets hit with one really good, hard, super hard, clean shot, it usually does the trick. Elkins is like shoe leather, man. He's great, except for the tattoo on his chest that says damage and, and crooked. Uh, yeah, all right. Hey, Luke, let's go over to uh, featherweight Ramiz Brahimi. You mentioned his ear. He almost lost it against Max Payne Griffin. That's disgusting, Luke. Oh. Yeah, but you see how the ear itself, the rim, is still attached? It's the cauliflower that came undone. Yeah, that, that looks like a horror movie. It's very reminiscent, Luke. Did you ever see 2005 ESPN boxing Antonio Margarito against Sebastian Lujan? The fight was stopped when Lujan in the yellow uh, had his ear sawed in half. Very similar. Watch the turn we're going to get here as referee David Fields waves the fight off right about now. The towel's thrown in. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. That is disgusting. All right. Now hear this. Yep. Okay. By the way, I don't get like... I don't get disgusted by any of this. I love it. Yeah, that that would that would uh that would say a lot. Okay, let's get, let's roll on here. Uh let's go on to PBC on Fox, Luke. Heavyweight Luis Ortiz, very under the radar. We didn't even talk about it. He had a main event on Fox, Luke. He knocked out Alexander Flores in round one. We thought it was a jab to the body. If you watch the replay, it's a clothesline. He hit him in the face with his bicep, and Flores was all on ice skates. Luke, this was shit, dude. Yeah, it sucked. I mean, I'm not, I, you know, look, this is a shit main event to put on national television, PBC <laughs> on Fox. I love me some Luis Ortiz. Alexander Flores ain't the opponent, and this is a bicep to the face, Luke. This is just, I don't, I don't, I don't ah, know. That's, off, that's the jab, off the jab hand, no less. Yeah, that's bad. Um, luckily, the women can do it better. Let's go to uh, club boxing in South Carolina. Luke, watch Carrie Holman. She's going to deliver a knockdown here to Rebecca Laws. She Oof. fought the Laws in uh, the Laws Lost. But watch what happens when they restart, Luke. Uh, our girl Carly Holman going to send this chick to hell, Luke. Oh, my God. Rep, let it stab. Let it go. Here we go, Luke. Bam. Just, just wait. Oh, buddy. Wow. Yep. Another That's one of these. Another one of these highlights. We were like, how flexible is the human spine? Yep. Bah. Yep. Uh, th this is why we have ring ropes, Luke. Or she would have been <laughs> into a dustpin, uh, dustpan on the on the floor. All right, let's move on. Hey, boxing in Malawi. You know that African country, Malawi, Malawi, 
Malawi? Malawi? Yeah, vaguely. Uh, here's Salimu Chizama. So he gets the knockout. I think these ropes are held together by uh, by dental floss, Luke. He gets the knockout, but then the manager comes running in. Oh, Luke, we got a melee. We got a melee. Bro, oh, these yeah. ropes, these ropes are held together this. with a stick of gum and paper clips. Look at that ref. Look at the ref. He's like, I, I, I'm not getting paid for this shit. I'm out of here, bro. I He's am like, not listen, I don't get paid enough in Malawi to be a referee. Fuck To get this. stabbed with, with an AIDS knife. Yeah, I'm not into that at all. This Why does that have to be an AIDS good. knife? I tried to I tried to go to your playbook and I felt bad as it was coming out. It's yeah, that's a it's a poor country. They've got some issues. This this made it worse. Here, uh, uh, honestly, if, you, if you're gonna be racist, be appropriately and accurately racist. It's like an Ebola knife or something, you know. <laughs> oh come on! <sighs> All right, I hey, will say this: the African to, uh, nations are doing better with COVID than we are. They're kicking our ass on that. That is true. Uh, shout out to Tim Boxeo right there on Instagram. He's he's watching every fight. He's boxing's version of Caposa. Look, if you're not following him on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, I did not. So now I will follow him. Thank you. He, he's boxing's Grabatka hitman. All right. Hey, All look, right. let's go to Russia. Paris MMA. Sergey Karatanov is back at 40. I saw Luke. this one. I saw this one. Look at this KO1 against Oli Thompson, a former Bellator fighter. Oli Thompson, a competitive uh, lifter as well. Yeah, well, somebody have to lift him up after this. Look, wow, wow. yes, looks like, yeah, looks like bobbing for apples there. Look, that was that, uh, dude. Yeah. Honestly, that is what I looked like twisting my ankle, except less graceful. Yes, look, Karatanov, he just won a oh. boxing match like two weeks ago. This guy's uh, he's eating well, as you can see, Luke. <laughs> was he eating with you at those uh, Friday night pizza slices in Jersey City you were after? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Luke, I went to Cumberland Farms yesterday. Oh, you know what the best thing is there, Luke? Nothing. Seriously. No, the the you know, on the roller, right? The cheeseburger stick. It's a stick of beef that has cheese like injected inside of it. Oh, God. It's so good. Look, it's so good. You are an absolute disgrace to humanity. All right. Hey, speaking of disgraces, Luke, we're a few weeks old on this. You and Hitler. Well, that's a pretty wide, pretty wide gap there, Luke. Okay, I mean, you know, me, me, and uh, and listen, I'm uh, not accusing you of the same crimes, but your crimes are also disgusting to me. Can we close that gap a little? Like me and Paul (laughs) Copenhagen. What's that? The war mat. What's that guy's name? The the war machine. War machine. Copenhagen. yeah, I thought you were yeah. going to say Hulk Hogan for dropping multiple n words, but that's a different. Oh, there you go. Uh, All right, Luke. Our old friend. Please don't sue me, Terry. I don't know if you knew this, but our old friend Carol Baskin showed up on Dancing with the Stars this season. Got voted off in the second me? episode. Check it out, Luke. Look at the look at the clothes. Who is uh, who is this gentleman? She is dancing with. That is that he's, is Pasha. I watch. I don't a, normally watch. My wife and I are watching this season. So, he's a uh, pro dancer, right? Yes, he is. She's in her you know fifties or sixties. I mean, she. W- I'll give her credit. Like Jay in that music video, she went for it, Luke. She tried. Okay. She America looks like an here. extra in that movie, The Wiz. You ever seen The Wiz? Yes. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I just have to point out, this was obviously a number of weeks ago, and I, I do watch this program this season, and she is probably one of the main reasons this costume is not one 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 hundredth as bad as the other one she came out yeah, with. Yeah, there were a lot of clips. To, there were a lot she, of clips. She came them. out in a full tiger getup with her face painted like a tiger. Yeah, and it she did this a lot. Wall was a ti- it was... It was cringe. Atrocious. Yeah, it was. What she's subjected herself to. You know, I defended her. I defended her because the documentary makes a series of like not quite claims, but insinuations about her that when you that when you actually try to verify them, there is no validity to them whatsoever. 
But I will say this. She's a fucking weirdo, bro. She is a home. <laughs> kudos, kudos to ABC because ABC through this show gave her a platform. Every package that she did, like, you know, before they come out and dance is like a little package of them getting ready. They yeah. allowed her to sit there and cry on camera. Yeah, to about try her to kids make her being look, upset. Yeah, yeah, to try to make her look like a like a hero. Look, ABC her, really, yeah. her range of motion was not there. So she's gone. But look, you know, she's not our only friend that was ever on this show. Let's take a look. Quick, brief uh, run through history. Remember Chuck Liddell in 2009, Luke? Oh, he was stiff as a boar doing this show. Look too. at this guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think he pulled something, Luke. That is uh, <laughs> it's great. You know, he, he's moving a lot better here than in the third Tito fight, though. You got to give him that credit, Luke. Dude, why didn't they just have him break boards and shit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. This is... Uh, he, he could have, I mean, like, look, I'm going to give anybody credit for trying this. <laughs> he should have just... No, he should have just broken boards, and then the dancey part could have been, like, he just moonwalked from one to the other, you know? Yeah, that's not good. Uh, let's go over to Floyd Mayweather in 2008. I thought he actually had, had you know, a little bit of game here. I know his partner went on to rip him in a TMZ video and say that he was awful, but he's got he can move, Luke. I mean, it might be his history, maybe his bad history of public headlines played into that, but look, he can move a little bit, Luke. Uh, he's not so bad, yeah. All right, and then, to, you know, Evander Holyfield was there. We've seen other fighters. Most recently, Luke, 2016, you remember this? You remember your your girl Paige showed up? Well, wasn't she actually a dancer? At some yeah, point I think in life she or some had shit? Game. I wasn't watching back then, so whatever. Shout out to Paige. Hopefully no one cuts her face in the in the bare knuckle thing. Yeah, they probably uh, yeah, think- this show this show has a bad history of putting actual dancers on the show to where you scratch your head and go, What what is this competition? Yeah. It's our, our show has a bad history of Jay just popping in left and right here. All yeah, right. I'll leave hey, we have a bad. Yes. Like when, Jay, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, this is the worst episode. Hey, Luke, hey, wait, wait, dancing, Jose, I, just want, I just want to point out, we just did half of Have You Seen This Shit with Jay just <laughs> comfortable Jay just sauntering into the room. Hi, everybody. I'm here. Hey, make myself at home. <laughs> Hey Flanders, you know, get lost. Uh, here, here we go, Luke. Uh, speaking of da- <laughs> speaking of dancing, did you see Carlos Olberg on the Dana White Contender Series on Tuesday? I did. Look at how him and the folks from CKB celebrated, Luke. I did. Yeah, see this. Yes. yeah, right. The Bushwhackers there from City uh, Clip Boxing love those guys, Luke. Love those guys. All right. You keep making these names up. They're gonna have something for you. Yeah, probably a three piece of soda. Subway grinders, probably. Hey, also on Dancing with the uh, Dancing with Dana, uh, the Contender Series. Did you see this front kick from Ignacio Bahamondes, Luke? I did. Oh the, yes, the Chilean, the Chilean sensation boy. They had John Hannick on that call. Yeah, shout yeah, out he to did. That. This kid, this kid looked great. He has the worst haircut since Lloyd Christmas, but he can fight his ass <laughs> off. I'd put that a little bit after Silva, Belford, and and Machida Couture and. Uh, and uh, didn't Belfort get it done again by Machida? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Those are the history of your front face kick knockouts. All right. Ah. Hey, Luke, let's go over to the – I don't know if this is rugby or Aussie rules football, but either way, this kid's about to get sent down deep, Luke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you wanted a souvenir, kid? Maybe you should have brought your glove, ah. maybe, maybe the dad should have brought his baseball glove. Wow, look at this. Yes. So does this count as a try? Is that what this counts as? I think it counts as a concussion, Luke, actually. All right, all right. Uh, let's let's check in, Luke, on future UFC champion Kevin Lee's skull. Here's the latest, Luke. Your thoughts. 
Yeah, I. He's got the the new folding phone too. It looks like. You know, there are people in my DM saying that we should add you to Dead Wrong this week for trying to say that this this tattoo artist had skills. No, you can't. He's very talented, and I'll go to the mat for that. But uh, I don't even understand what it is. I see the word "life" at the base of his neck. Okay, it's aggressive. It's aggressive. That's what it is, Luke. It tells people that I am like I might kill you. I'll probably win a title because I'm crazy, and I and, and fulfill the the long held prophecy that you and I separately have put out into the world. But uh, this is aggressive, you know. Dude, can you imagine him taking that gun? I mean, for folks who may not know, a tattoo needle works like a threading needle on your skin, and getting all that heavy black put on your scalp like that—that that I can't you're even rattling your fucking brain. That is that is crazy. Hey, I I got a theory that he may actually fulfill his destiny now. Look, this shows me something in him, right? It's a real Anakin Skywalker, you know. Yeah. Revenge that, of the a, Sith moment here. God, Reggie Jackson trying to get in there. Reggie, oh. All right, uh, Luke, let's go over. Let's go over to the street corner. Here's our Kelly's dream girl. Check this out, Luke. <laughs> I was waiting for some prepubescent awful. And it was somehow better and worse at the same time. BC. Hey, let's stay in the street. Luke street fight of the week. It takes place at your local subway. Remember Masvidal's three piece in a soda. Luke, I think you get a bag of chips for this version. Check oh, I've this seen, out. I've seen this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just eat knocking those sun chips. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, this is the asshole. You want to eat the sun chips? Take that. You juggalo looking ass bitch. Hey, Luke, you love animal on human abuse. So check this out. The, there's a constipated elephant. So uh, one of the zookeepers offered to try to relieve that pressure, Luke. <laughs> God, ble- God bless this elephant. Oh, my God. Oh, God, God bless Luke. this. Uh, yes. Yes. This Luke, is me. This is, this, is, this, is, is... this is me and you when we argue. <laughs> Dude, there's a person working on this show for the first time, BC. <laughs> and the last, and probably your last episode as well. How like, many HR complaints before. are we going to try to live through this week? Holy wow. fuck. That is, uh, that's something. <laughs> that's a lot of shit right there. That Dude, I mean, I've, I've, right. Seen, I've seen some Rocco Sofredi, you know, movies that have gone a little bit out there, but this... Wow, <laughs> I think even Justine Kish is uncomfortable. <laughs> Look, that's not good right there. Yeah, that is. Uh... Is that hey, let's is that is that Tim Sylvia? Who is that? Oh, stop that! Let's go tip to tip here, Luke. Check out this. Somebody sent this in of two horses drinking out of the same trough, but it looks like two dudes <laughs> rubbing dongs, right? Kind of. Two dudes with pointy units. I don't know. I don't know what yours looks like, but I can't say mine has quite that shape. I won't show you mine, no matter if you'll show me yours, Luke. Are, All right, there's, there's that. Yeah, and hey, you know that uh, por- that Portuguese soccer club SL Benfica, Luke. You mean they Benfica? got guys Benfica? They got guys going dick on dick here after goals. How about that, Luke? You need help. You need help. Sorry, sorry, Luke. I thought we could laugh a little on this show. Oh, let's close with this, Luke. Let's go to the gym. Here's Asian Abuela. I don't think that's how I don't think that's how that machine works, Luke. No, that's a shoulder lateral raise, and she's just <laughs> thrusting into it. Is she warming up for Tai Chi? Like, what the fuck is she doing? 
Does does the abuela at your house do this in the front yard while you're lifting or no? No, no my my mother-in-law and my wife think I'm absolutely batshit for lifting in the front yard. Thank you. That, see, I knew that they were my favorite members of your family, along with uh, Bugar, your cat. Moko. Moko. Moko, yes. All right, Luke, that's the shit. I, that, that's it. That's it. End it. That's it. End it, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Uh, all right, yeah. time now for odds and ends, BC. What do you got for odds and ends? Yes, so here's the deal. I uh, just want to follow up quickly what we talked about with um, you know, Canelo, the biggest news of last week that happened during Friday's show. He's a free agent. They, he's been released from his uh, network deal and from his promotional deal, and certainly for Golden Boy Promotions, although they have Ryan Garcia, although they have Luis Ortiz Jr., Luke, I think this makes the idea of Oscar De La Hoya's comeback at 47, I don't know, more important than before in terms of the health of the company and having a legit draw. The latest news from, uh, I believe, Boxing Scene had the story is that he's talking behind the scenes negotiating that Marcos Maidana might be his comeback opponent. Now, let me frame this. Oscar's 47. Maidana's 38. We have not seen him since 2014 when he had the two pay-per-view fights on Showtime with Floyd Mayweather, the first one very competitive, excuse me, maybe the closest we've seen Floyd uh, to losing besides the Castillo fight. And he took that money, went back to Argentina and lived like a fat king, Luke. He's been threatening a return. I don't know. I'm kind of in on this. I've seen videos of Oscar hitting the bag. It's ill-advised at best for Oscar to come back. And maybe it's ill-advised to fight a guy 10 years younger who's known for being a savage. But I'd be in. I would. And maybe, I don't know. I'd be in. I'd, I'd, I'd watch this shit, Luke. I'd be in. I, I'm just lot. waiting. I did. I, I've never encountered any fight where you're like, I'm not in. When are you not in? Uh, John Fitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, that, I, I'm in on this, though. Okay. I am. It's, 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 it's the kind of, it's the, it's the cheese, this cheeseburger stick on the roller, yes. With the cheese inside, yes. I'm in on this. Thank you. All right. Well, for my uh, odds and ends, I will just say rest in power to the one and only Alex Trebek. Not really a combat sports nod and we're doing on this uh, particular episode, but, man, an absolute titan of the television industry. Really a big part of everyone's life if you grew up any point from 1984 on was in homes and on the host of Jeopardy for 36 years before finally succumbing to pancreatic cancer in his home. Uh, I think not last night, but the night before that. We knew he had had cancer and was still trying to shoot television shows through it, but eventually succumbed. I just want to say, I mean, this guy was, you know, there's so many things you could say about what he meant to people, but from just the television side of things, to be on one show, that lasts 36 years, and your name is synonymous with the brand. I mean, you're talking about something that, like, you know, a handful of people in the television industry ever achieve, and he did it. I feel for the person, BC, who's going to get this gig next because it's a wonderful gig, but try filling Alex Trebek's shoes, man. Impossible, Luke. Sorry, Reggie Jackson just opened the door. He's here again. Um, impossible. I, I, I figure in your house, you guys were pretty nerdy. This must be the equivalent of like Mr. Belding died on Saved by the Bell for me. So I can certainly feel what you might be feeling right now. Um, I love that he fought it till the end, wanted to do as many shows as he could. Uh, a true icon. Luke, who should replace him? Do you have any idea who you would Jesus. want? Should it, should, it be I, repl- I, should he be replaced? I don't know. Are they going to do a daily show thing where they're like, we've had a white guy hosted for 40 years. Let's go something of a slightly different direction based on just that, or are they going to find someone who's just like him 
or yeah. something. I mean, who the hell? I mean, it's not, dude. I honestly do not envy the person trying to get that as you Carol Baskin the fucking screen during a tribute to a dead man. You fucking what, ape. This show's off the rails today, Luke. I mean, you are a rails, fucking right? primate in the most literal sense imaginable. Uh, anyway, Alex you know Trebek. What? Take a look Alex at Trebek. Hold on, hold on. Last thing, last thing. Alex Trebek. Tell Moko phenom- what's up, all right? Phenomenal career. Rest in power. And I'm glad that we got to enjoy as much of this man's time uh, as we could. And there you go. That's it. Yes, yes. Yo, I'm gonna I'm Luke, gonna drive is... to Connecticut just to euthanize your pets. <laughs> Luke, hey, this is a, an episode we'll never forget. Okay. Hey, Sean Connery and Alex Trebek dying in the same week. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that it's true. Sean Connery, who played Alex Trebek on Saturday Night Live. All yeah, there is that. Uh, Jay, can you get off the fucking screen? Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Jay's just like no chill right now this week. Like Reggie right now. This is great. Yeah. Yeah, Reggie. I, also, I see your cat, like my cat, doesn't have. Let me see. Uh, hold him up there like he's the Lion King. Like, ah, Sadigua. You know, that thing. Let's see. He's a handsome boy. He's the best. I love this he's guy. He's a handsome he's boy. Good. Also, you're Carol don't, Baskin. Don't tell the other animals. Loser. He's my favorite. All right. All right. All right you're, you're a fucking loser. Uh, all right, if you want more of Brian and I's inane ramblings about jobs that we shouldn't have because we're unprofessional douchebags, you can get some of that on social, uh, at L. Thomas News on Twitter, at Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell is at B. Campbell on Twitter, and then at Brian C. Campbell, just to make it unnecessarily complicated on Instagram. But the good news is... I'm trying to get them to line up, Luke. I'm trying to get them to collide and line up. <laughs> the, the good news is Morning Combat is consistent. Morning Combat on Twitter, Morning Combat on Insta, and Vanity URL youtube.com slash morning combat plus if you'd like to send us an email you certainly may as well morning combat at gmail.com is the place to be uh let's see if you want to try showtime you certainly can showtime.com 30 day free trial if you like it keep it if not go about your merry way you can get merch store dot show that's s-h-o dot com and let's see bc we're going to talk to teofimo lopez today right uh, oh hey reveal that yeah big interview to come later today teofimo lopez jr got uh wwe hall of famer kevin nash later today what a what a week what a week what a brand what a show this might be this might not be most representative luke of what we're capable of this this episode it'll go down in infamy uh like like pearl harbor luke but um i've enjoyed it and um should we tease that other thing luke it's real there's a documentary being made about our return to the studio. That is, I hear it's, it's moving. I hear it's moving. Uh, that's what I hear as well, but I guess we'll see it when it gets here. I'm, I'm not skeptical, but I'm a little bit cautiously optimistic. This week, here, Luke, so. this week I hear it. That's what they say. Be. That's what they say. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but okay. that's it for us. So for Brian, I'm Luke. Thanks to everyone at Showtime. Thanks to everyone at Mocha, as well as CBS Sports. Tons of content coming your way. Back live Wednesday. And until then... May all of your gains be loyal.